the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Strategist, Briefing.com. How are you, Patrick? Hi, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good, good. Now, the markets seem to be kind of taking a cue from yourself. Last couple of days, we've had, I think, three down days. Are we going to go for four, somewhere along those lines? I may not be right on the facts there, but I think that's correct. Um, pullback, correction, anything that we should be worried about? Uh, it, well, you know, I mean, we've talked for, well, several years, <laughs> and we've uh, mentioned the fact that you haven't had a, a an official correction, if you will, defined as a 10% pullback from a high in the S&P 500 for, you know, basically three years now. So uh, to say that the market is overdue for a, a pullback of some note is, uh, is an understatement. Um, but, yeah, you know, what we're seeing here, we think, though, lines up essentially with um, you know, with underlying fundamentals, right? Um, we've had three very good years here in a row, uh, double-digit returns. Uh, that's taken the S&P 500 multiple uh, up to a, you know, an area that we could, term, could characterize as being a full valuation at, in the neighborhood of about 17 and a half times uh, earnings. Um, so you have full valuation pitted against earnings, per share growth that is decelerating and is projected to basically be unchanged uh, for calendar 2015, uh, and interest rates that are moving higher. So uh, in the face of those uh, two very important uh, factors, uh, it does make some sense uh, to us anyway that uh, this market is sort of grinding its way uh, sideways. Uh, it's really having difficulty breaking out. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, so we're seeing a little bit of a pullback here. Got a little bit ahead of ourselves, I think, uh, in that first quarter reporting period, which was okay, but it certainly wasn't gangbusters. Uh, and uh, everyone's just kind of just waiting to see, uh, you know, what's next? You know, we're in that kind of like no man's land right here between the next earnings reporting season. Uh, and so uh, it's also, you know, the start of the summer vacation period, and so volumes are down. Uh, so it doesn't look like anyone's showing a whole lot of conviction at this point, and, and uh, currently uh, the uh, forces that are prevailing uh, are moving to the downside. With that said, you and I, 
I'm, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I see down as okay. I see down as, you know, I, I hate to say it, a Homer Simpson reference, where his wife went out, goes out and buys a $2,000 pair of shoes for like $1,600. And he's thrilled that she, she's thrilled that she got them on sale. He's pissed that they're still $1,600. Um, I like anything on Wall Street on sale. Whether it be a day, whether it be a month, whether it be six months, I don't want three years, but I like the down move in a market because it gives me a chance to buy stuff that I like at a cheaper price. Right. I, I don't disagree with that, Rob. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, given how we have run here um, in uh, at times uh, in a somewhat uh, worrisome way where, you know, complacency is high and uh, and the, you know, reflex uh, action is simply just, you know, buy stocks because there's nothing else, you know, that can beat that alternative. Uh, and because interest rates are at zero, you just, you know, buy stocks. And then it's kind of like predicated on this idea that you, you know, you're not going to lose if you buy stocks, right? Uh, because there is no alternative. Well, that's you know obviously not the case. I mean, there's there's risk in doing that, but uh, these pullbacks that you get here uh, do allow uh, you know valuations to improve uh, in some instances and creates opportunities where you can uh, take advantage of uh, you know of reduced prices to start you know building some longer term positions. So. Um, that ultimately comes down to one's risk tolerances, their time horizons, their needs for cash, and, and the like. Um, so, uh, you know, but it's not unreasonable to think that the market would, would come back somewhat. Uh, like I said earlier, you've seen three consecutive years of double-digit gains and five out of the last six years of double-digit gains. Um, so a period of consolidation is certainly in order. What else are you looking at right now as far as – concern or issues not necessarily concerns but issues because like we've hit the overvaluation market correction theme pretty well what else should we be looking at well you, you know you've got to watch uh you know spending activity really um you know that's been the missing element here uh in terms of driving the economy as far as you know consumers have not uh unleashed this pent-up spending potential that supposedly was there with the drop in gas prices and, you know, rising um, uh, level of employment that's creating a higher level of earnings. Um, and, you know, it's an open debate as to why that is. You know, some people will point that, you know, monies that went toward discretionary purchases are now being allocated to, uh, you know, health care premiums, you know, that have gone up. Um, some might conjecture that consumers are spending more because some of them who took out home equity lines of credit uh, 10 years ago are now facing, uh, you know, the the, amor the full amortization of those products. Uh, so what that means essentially is that they're not only they're not just paying interest only on those lines of credits. They now have principal and interest to pay down, and they can no longer draw on those lines. Uh, so maybe they're, you know, they've started to you know, build up their savings in anticipation of needing to uh, uh, spend more on debt reduction versus, you know, other things they'd want to be paying for. But in any event, um, you know, consumer spending is close to 70% of GDP. And if that's not uh, cranking up, GDP growth isn't going to crank up. Uh, and so that's a really important thing that people need to keep an eye on in terms of the trends there. And later this week, we'll get the retail sales report for May. Uh, but, you know, one data point that, you know, does not a trend make, but uh, keep an eye on things like that because uh, it will be an important driver for 
the broader economy and monetary policy as far as what the consumer ultimately decides to do here uh, in the second half of the year or can do. You spoke of the word consumer and doing a radio show and a television show in Bay Area. A lot of what I talk about, not a lot, trends. America's living longer. Insurance is probably a good investment. America's living longer. Drug stocks are probably a good investment. But one of the, the big stories to me is the consumer, the millennial. Um, is that part of your key research? Or are you more of a demographic guy, more of a quant guy, more of a, uh, a research or trend? What do, you, what do you look for? What's described you to me, so to speak? Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a macro guy, I guess, if you will. You know, I look at the market okay. from a top-down perspective. So I... I would uh, you know, basically take into account, you know, what you know what's going on in the broader economy, and and from there, uh, <clears throat> you know, distill that down into what parts of the market might ultimately do better based on where we think we are and where we're going with the economic cycle. Um, you know, demographics will ultimately play into that. Um, you know, the millennials are, are obviously going to be a very important generation. Um, they have changing attitudes, changing tastes uh, from older generations, obviously, uh, that can't be dismissed. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, I would take, you know, consider that, a, you know, an important uh, group to uh, certainly look into and to uh, figure out, you know, the, 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 you know, their changing tastes and what that potentially might mean, you know, uh, over the next several years and decades for that matter. Um, and so, you know, with respect to that, what we learned is that, you know, the millennials right now are, are you know, they, they entered the job market at a very difficult time, you know, and so their um, uh, spending potential perhaps is not as great as prior generations that, you know, were entering the job market at comparable ages. Um, and that's, you know, leading to reduced levels of household formation. It's uh, prompting a lot of, you know, millennials to delay uh, marriage um, and to delay, you know, having kids, frankly. And so there's some long-term effects of that. Um, but, yeah, you need to pay attention to uh, to uh, those broader uh, demographic shifts, certainly. <laughs> okay. Um, for me, it's good financial media. You know, it's easy to talk about. Um, sometimes talking money can bore the listener, so I have to kind of find the sexy stories inside of the, of the market and kind of focus on them. Uh, you've recently written a little bit about oil prices and the relationship with airlines. Um, is the airline party over from a stock perspective, or do you think there's another lift up? Well, they, they, you know, have in a way become their own worst enemy because, uh, you know, they have uh, increased th their capacity and essentially, you know, are adding more planes. Uh, and it appears that they've uh, driven capacity growth beyond demand. And so what that ultimately does is create some pricing pressures that, uh, you know, uh, weigh on revenues and, and uh, flow down to that, you know, bottom line. And so the concern is that, you know, profit growth won't be as strong as it was once thought it could be. Um, you know, low, low oil prices are obviously good for uh, airlines, you know, in, in, generally speaking. Um, there was a warning out of United today, however, that lower oil prices have hurt its business uh, because it does a lot of business out of the Houston area, which, you know, certainly has a lot of energy companies. And so it's not seen um, – uh, as strong a business from its, you know, its business traveler as it has in the past, and that's probably, you know, tied in part to some of the, 
you know, the downturn in oil prices that is pressuring, you know, the budgets of some of those energy companies. So thanks very much. That's Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com, chief market strategist. I read his material, page one, start my day with it. Great website, great content, international, business, economic, and much, much more. You can find out more by going to briefing.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.